0: This is rebecca and this is naomi we're 40-something moms and first cousins who know what it's like to veer off the path assigned to us together we've juggled motherhood marriage college and careers
1: as we explore new identities and ways of seeing the world
0: without any maps for either of us to follow we've had to figure things out as we go and accept that detours and dead ends are part of the path
1: however along the way we've uncovered a few insights that we want to share with fellow travelers We want to talk about the questions we didn't even know who to ask and the options we didn't know we
0: had. So whether you're feeling stuck or already shaking things up, we're here to cheer you on and assure you that the best is yet to come. Welcome to Uncovered. Life Beyond. Today, I get to introduce one of the most generous, thoughtful, and dynamite humans I know, my cousin and co-host, Rebecca. Hey, thank you so much. You're so kind.
1: I am so excited that we're doing this.
0: So we both started out in a small Amish Mennonite community in our rural central Pennsylvania hometown. Uh, Our lives then as young adults went in different directions. You went to Ohio, I went to Oklahoma, and then many years later, we reconnected online when I recognized your comments on a blog. How random is that? I know, isn't that crazy? I'm trying to remember.
1: Was that Rachel Held Evans or was that Elizabeth Esther or was it maybe both? Who
0: knows? It could have been. It could have been both. <laughs> so that was probably ten years ago, and probably. since then we've become very close. We've. Sent lots of texts and had lots of long phone calls and
1: lots of SOS messages for sure.
0: (laughs) So a few months ago, we were in the middle of a long phone conversation when this random idea popped in my head that we should start a podcast, but I don't need one more thing on my to-do list. And I know you don't either. So I squelched that idea right away. But then five seconds later, you said, you know, we should start a podcast. Since we know I'm the free spirit here, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So of course I said, no, 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 there's no way, no way. Way too much work, but you wouldn't let it go. And you eventually won me over. Now here we are. So in this first episode, we're going to learn a little about your background, uh, your educational journey, and why you wanted to make this podcast. So let's get started. One of the major themes of this podcast is our journeys to and through college. And so I think that might be a good place to start. When did you first know you wanted to go to college?
1: I would have been schooled in elementary school in a small... CLE classroom. It was self-guided, which was fabulous for me. Um, This is probably partially, at least, why I am called independent today. I like to do things on my schedule and on my time. And I don't like people telling me what I should do. And while I should mention, while CLE kind of worked for me, and by the way, uh, for those of you that don't know, CLE is a lot like ACE, BCE. You might hear those out there. If not, Google them.
0: And those are Christian school curricula. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Good point. And while it was okay for me, I know it wasn't for a lot of people and I want to hold space for that. I know there was a lot of damage done in that, but for me, it gave me a place of independence. It gave me a place to do life on my, on my terms. And school was the one place where I got it right. I was successful. My teachers loved me. I was a good kid. I never got into trouble. Um, I could go to school, and instead of being punished for getting it wrong, I was actually getting things right.
0: Wow! So it was a really positive part of your life: school, education, learning.
1: It was, and you know, it's so weird that even though there was a lot of dysfunction going on, I I really enjoyed school, and I feel I feel lucky for that.
0: That's great because those early experiences have such a long long long-term effect on our lives they do yeah so was college a focus of that part of your schooling did your teachers encourage you to think about college no
1: (laughs) no i don't remember anyone ever saying that i should go to college in fact i remember one time one of my teachers saying to me he thought i would make a good flight attendant which today I, I think about that sometimes, and I'm like, hmm, what was that about? <laughs> um, that is random.
0: Actually, I think um, you would, but you would do a lot of things <laughs> fabulously.
1: You're so kind. College was not really on my brain, but high school was. And because it was self-guided, I was highly motivated to work through it rapidly. Because if I worked through it rapidly, I could do high school stuff while still in the eighth grade thus making it cheaper. So my goal was to get into high school at least a year early. And that's where I was slated to be. So at this point early on, college, I didn't even know what college was. That wasn't on my radar. I was just fighting for high school. And that didn't happen. In the seventh grade, my parents pulled me out of high school. So at this point, I would have completed most of my eighth grade work, but I was officially finishing seventh grade. And somewhere along the line, I decided that, fine, if you take high school from me, I'm going to just go to college. And I I still don't know where that came from, but I decided if I lost out on high school, I'm going to do college.
0: Wow. That's really incredible that that's where your thoughts went, because I think there's so many young people in that kind of situation who kind of want to get out of school and that gets used as an excuse to pull them out of school. Right. And these parents, of course, wouldn't hesitate to force them to do anything else. But this one thing, yeah, right, right, you right. can't force them to go right. to school if they don't want to, if they'd rather stay home and work and earn income for the family. So right. convenient. Yeah. So you knew before you finished eighth grade that you wanted to go to college. What happened next? What were some of the barriers you faced? Because I happen to know you didn't go to college right away. What happened?
1: (laughs) Well, so I was pulled out of school when I was 13, literally to work for my family. And I did.
0: And just for context, do you remember what year this was? Oh, dear.
1: Would have been in the late 80s. At first, I would have stayed home and babysat kids. My mom found neighbor kids for me to babysit. But slowly, I would have picked up more household responsibilities, of
0: course. So, okay, just to clarify again, we're talking 1980s, the late 1980s. Yes. Not the 1880s. (laughs) (laughs) And, And the reason I say that is because now, over 100 years past compulsory education, um, right. The law in the US. And I think it's significant that there are still today, young people who are being denied education.
1: You know, this sounds really cynical. But at the end of the day, no one cares what rural and religious kids do or what happens to them. It's way too much trouble for anyone to really care. It's too messy.
0: Yeah, that messiness. Yeah, ends up isolating a lot of young people in in really harmful situations.
1: Right. And you know, the weird thing is, I remember, and at the time, I didn't know what it was, but I remember being really depressed. That first fall, when I couldn't go back to school, I remember being extremely depressed. I cried and I cried. And I think it was in that process that I decided I was going to do college. It was almost like a consolation prize. And probably an act of rebellion. Darn it. You take high school from me, I'm going to up you and I'm going to do college. And it was like this promise I made to myself and it kind of got me out of my depression. However, by the time I was 18, I had been disowned. And as we all know, survival typically takes priority over education or anything else. And from there... I actually ended up landing a fairly decent job. And it was in that process where I actually got my GED. I'm so grateful, so, so, so grateful that I got my GED at that point. Um, it was kind of at the in between of not being in survival mode anymore, not necessarily thriving, but I wasn't just working on survival. Of course, then I got married. And like all good little Mennonite girls do, eventually we started a family. But probably more important, and this, I just think, is so important. I adopted a lot of narratives that, that I was now broken, I was unworthy, I wasn't smart enough. And, you know, this was coming from people oftentimes who actually had been in college and had had opportunities for education. And so I just thought, you know, if people that actually went through the process were t- telling me that I wasn't smart enough for it, I probably wasn't.
0: I just can't imagine that anyone who knows you would think you're not smart enough. I I can't make that fit in my brain. Seriously misguided. They are seriously misguided, as you know now.
1: Yes, true. And, and the reason I say that was, I think maybe in high demand religious communities, it's important to note that even for those who've experienced, and maybe particularly for those who have experienced a degree of privilege. It's important still to keep that pecking order in place. I think maybe in high demand religionists, and, and again, that, that's my reference point. If you have privilege, and if you have opportunity, if you have privileges other people don't have, It kind of feels good to look down your nose at people that don't have that and haven't experienced that. And I kind of think if there's anyone listening to this that has been told they were broken, unworthy, not smart enough, the reverse is probably true. You're a threat to their system. And please, please, please let your brain just take that. Every time you hear it, every time you think it, just say, I am whole and I am so worthy. And I am smarter than you will ever give me credit for. And I
0: certainly can do this. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that in high demand religion, the way that people find their identity is in being special, in being better, right? Or feeling Mm -hmm. themselves, you know, closer to God or whatever that is. And then that just bleeds into how they see people generally. And that's really unfortunate because of, well, all the reasons you've just talked about and the way that limits people, limits relationships and doesn't need to be that way. So tell us how you overcame these obstacles. (laughs) I waited.
1: Sometimes I think I waited too long. Um, Sometimes I look at my past self and I see the little, little tiny seed that was buried. And I think people sometimes think those little seeds they bury are forgotten. And I like to think that we just grow really, really deep roots. There's moments in time where I worry that I waited too long and I actually get angry that I waited as long as I did. But more and more, I'm trying to flip that script and just simply honor the process. Back in my rebellious state, when I was... Mm -hmm. (laughs) A deep seed that was buried. Um thankfully the internet came along and I started to read. I read everything. I used to be huddled over those logs. Rachel held Evans, the ones the one when we <laughs> met. And 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 a hundred more. My tabs were all full. In fact, my computer would actually crash because I had so many tabs open of blogs that I needed to read. Um, my husband would just shake his head. I'm like, hey, but I gotta, I gotta read those. But I think one of the most important things I heard, and there was a business coach who said, the best gift you can give yourself is curiosity for both yourself and in the way you relate to other people. And in that moment, that thought made so much sense to me. I, I could be curious and I could learn actually how to be curious. This was not something that I was taught. This was not something that came naturally. In fact, my norm was finding the one truth and sticking to that truth And you were either right or wrong it was black and white there was no in between but i think learning curiosity really was one of the best gifts i gave to myself and i probably spent the next 10 years after that just practicing that art of of being curious about the world around me about how people respond to different circumstances and even how i responded I will forever, forever be grateful for honing the skill of curiosity.
0: Yeah, it strikes me that curiosity is the exact opposite of seeing the world in this very hierarchical way of some people being better than others, right? Or that using that as a way to see the world just kills curiosity and and vice versa. Right, right.
1: In fact, I think curiosity is frightening. For a lot of people in high-demand religion, curiosity has potential to pull apart everything we know to be right and true and takes away the safety of the absolutes that we've been given.
0: Right. I can think of lots of sermon illustrations (laughs) that included references to Eve in the Garden of Eden and... What was her first question? Yay, hath God said. So yep. asking, being curious, wondering, thinking critically, these are all steps toward eating forbidden fruit.
1: As you say that, that's actually really interesting because I wonder if being curious female <laughs> or being a curious man, if that's at all viewed differently.
0: Hmm. wonder about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, interesting.
1: So where are you now? I turned 40 and I lost my shit. And I decided, I don't know, my 13 year old self woke up and I've apologized to my kids about this. I have twin daughters and we literally started our freshman classes together. They were in what was known as CCP, which is a college Prep type thing you can take in high school here in Ohio.
0: Is it concurrent um, classes and, where they get credit yeah. for both high school and college?
1: Yeah, yeah. And we literally started classes together. I don't know if I'd necessarily recommend that, but they were so gracious and they allowed me to do that. Today, I am finishing up my junior year of college. And every day I thank my past self for starting. It's going to probably take me a total of eight years to graduate. But you know what? In eight years, I'm going to be eight years older and in eight years, do I want an education or
0: not? I'm so proud of you. And I'm sure that your daughters are too. I don't think any apology is called for here, personal (laughs) opinion. Um, I I think that's just a phenomenal way of showing your kids how much you value education, that you fulfill that commitment that you made to yourself so long ago. Right, right. I think that's, that's fantastic. As someone who's teaching in college now myself, I think that the only time education is wasted when it's someone who is sitting there in a seat and isn't taking it seriously and doesn't want to be there, someone in your stage of life who is going back to college because they want to is going to soak up so much more than that person who's sitting there and doesn't doesn't really care, doesn't want to be there. So I think that's true. just fantastic. So why did you want to make this podcast? What does it mean to you? So
1: one time I heard a preacher, this is probably the only good thing I took from this guy, but anyway, he said that the only wasted experience is an experience you refuse to share. And I thought about that a lot. I think especially those of us that feel like we're carrying baggage, those of us that have spent time feeling like we were broken and undeserving. It's kind of hard to dig into those experiences that caused all those feelings that that made you be told that you were not worthy. And I have another friend who talks about redeeming shit. And I think about that too. And all of that combined, it somehow motivates and encourages me to share these experiences. And I hope in turn... It validates someone else's process, but also gives them the belief in themselves that they also can move forward, that they can also really take control of their life. And most importantly, I wish so much that I would have had your voice, Naomi. I wish I would have had our voices. And these conversations in my head 25 years ago, so much of our conversations and of watching you blaze your trail motivated me that I, in fact, could do this.
0: Well, it just still blows my mind that you or anyone else would think that you weren't capable of college. (laughs) I have lots of thoughts about that, but I'll save them for another episode about (laughs) who is college material or not, (laughs) but thank you. Rebecca, so much for sharing your story. It takes so much courage to go against the grain of everything that's familiar to you. And you've done that. And I know there's lots more to tell. So listeners stick around for future episodes where you'll hear more about our personal experiences that will inform how we respond to listener questions. In the next episode, we're turning the tables I'll be in the hot seat as Rebecca interviews me about my personal and educational background. I can't wait. Talk soon. Take care.
1: What are your thoughts about today's topic? Join us on Facebook and Instagram to add your perspective and experiences.
0: What are your burning questions about college and life beyond high demand religion? We're starting with questions both we ourselves have asked or others have asked us. But we know you have your own questions and stories. Share them with us at UncoveredLifeBeyond at gmail.com. That's UncoveredLifeBeyond at gmail.com.
1: Until next time, stay brave, stay bold, stay awkward.